Hello and welcome to Voicebox, your eclectic weekly guide on public radio and podcast to the human voice and the best of the vocal music scene. I'm your host, Chloe Veltman. Thanks for joining me. The Vienna Boys Choir just gave us a polished and beautiful rendition of Stille Nacht, better known to Anglophone audiences as Silent Night, of course. It was composed in the early 19th century in Austria by Frank Savel Gruber, a village schoolmaster and organist. It's hard to imagine the festive season without this song and hundreds of others like it. In fact, carols are such a fundamental part of the holidays in this country that it's extremely hard to get away from them. They're piped into shopping malls, kids sing them at schools, and recording artists of all stripes keep churning out those Christmas albums. In 2012, recordings by singers like country vocalist Blake Shelton and hip-hop artist CeeLo Green have been added to the voluminous and ever-growing pile of holiday music. Here's CeeLo's take on You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, with the a cappella group Straight No Chaser. The track comes from the hip-hop artist's new Christmas album, CeeLo's Magic Moment. All their windows were dark, and no one knew he was there. And all the hooves were all dreaming, sweet dreams without care. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch You really are a heel You're as cuddly as a cactus You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch You're a bad banana with a A greasy black peel CeeLo Green's You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch The track features the a cappella group Straight No Chaser and comes from the hip-hop artist's new Christmas album CeeLo's Magic Moment If you've just joined us, welcome I'm Chloe Veltman and this is Voicebox To find out more about our series including how to make a much-needed donation to support our project which is independently produced and non-profit please visit voicebox-media.org Donating is safe and easy through our online PayPal link. CeeLo's Christmas song couldn't be more different to the Vienna Boys Choir's pure-voiced Silent Night, which we heard at the top of the show. And yet both of these songs find broad audiences during the holiday season. So how does an arranger put together a memorable Christmas track? And what does it take for a singer to perform it with panache? And why has this holiday music become such a massive industry, a far cry from its austere roots in the early Christian church? We'll be chatting about these questions and many more on this evening's show with the help of a pair of fantastic guests. I'd like to welcome Ken Malicelli and Tim Lewis. Hello, Tim and Ken. Thanks for joining Hello. me in this studio. Hey, Thanks for having us here. Thank you. Ken is a carol composer and arranger and the director of the Merry Old Christmas Carolers, a nationally franchised caroling group. Tim is a prominent Bay Area-based jazz pianist, composer and self-described Christmas nut. <laughs> His collection and knowledge of seasonal songs is as endless as a Lapland winter, as we'll find out. Let's kick off tonight's show by talking about and sampling a little bit of work by my guests. Ken, first you. I love your version of God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. It improbably involves kazoo alongside an SATB a cappella quartet. You've arranged hundreds of Christmas songs at this point for your organisation, the Merry Old Christmas Carolers, and God Rest Ye Merry was your very first one. In what year did you arrange this carol? It, that had to be like 1977, which is the first year of MOCC. We're now in our 35th consecutive year. And... I had been singing with another group in San Francisco called the Talent Bank's Dickens Carolers. They're no longer existent. And I got a call from a client who asked me to sing at at their Christmas party in Alameda. 
And he said, can you come in, in costume and sing carols? And I said, I never say no. I said, sure. So I put together four people that I knew, and we got costumes, and we went in. And that was my, our first gig. But I decided right off the bat, I didn't want to be just the standard group that stand around and, and sang Silent Night and Deck the Hall. Although those are quite fun carols. I wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. So I thought, let's take God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. And rather than just da-da-da-da-da-da in a 2-4-4-4, I put it into an Irish jig, da 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 da, and I thought, what else can I do to make this really bizarre? So I thought, kazoos would be kind of cool. So we threw in kazoos, and that was that was the first MOCC arrangement. <laughs> yeah, it's very effective. But why, God rest you, merry gentlemen? What, why did you pick that song? You know, I don't know. It just, it just, I, I have a really active muse, and I never ask questions of it. <laughs> when the muse says, <laughs> "Here, write this down," yeah. I just do it. Okay, Tim, fair Tim enough. can testify to that as oh, well. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. <laughs> well, all right. Let's hear the song, and then we'll chat some more about it. Chloe Veltman. On this week's show, I'm in the studio with Christmas song aficionados, Ken Maluccelli and Tim Lewis. We just heard Ken's wonderful version of God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen for SATB Quartet and Kazoos. A little bit of bell thrown in there too, right? For good yeah. measure, Ken. <laughs> Fantastic. So um, explain to me how you use these songs. I mean, you perform a set of, of which uh, songs like God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen are a part and how many songs are they usually in a set? Uh, depends on how long the gig is. For uh, If it's a like a two-hour shopping mall gig, the carolers will do 20 on and 10 off, something like that. Mm-hmm. And so it, usually, it comes out to about 22, 12, 22, 12, 22. So we actually do a full two-hour. But at a private party, it could be 20 minutes, 35, 45 minutes without a break. So it, var- it varies. And then mm-hmm. there's a song list that is variable depending on what the, what, how long the set is. And the, the leader, which is usually the tenor, has the prerogative to make up a set list on the spot depending on what the audience is and what they're responding to more uh, so it, it varies from gig to gig. Now, the merry old Christmas carolers are singing from a songbook that you've created over the years. It's got more than 300 songs in it at this point, which is incredi- an incredible number. And this, oh my goodness, I'm looking at it now. It's quite a massive, <laughs> it's a massive red binder. I'm flicking through it. Wow. Wow, this is incredible. It's like a caroling fake book. It's yeah, fake book. right. <laughs> and, and, so, and the singers, the singers uh, no matter, because you have singers all over the country or you have had in the past, yeah. and they've got to perform these arrangements. Correct. Right. So, um, tell me a little bit about uh, about how you about yeah, how you keep control of that. How do you make sure that everyone's singing from your carol book? If that's part a good question, and I'll be happy to answer group. that. We in the beginning we were only four singers, mm-hmm. and then um, I had to add another quartet because because of the arrangements are so bizarre that no one had heard these before. Plus the ad- addition of sleigh bells, finger cymbals, kazoo, slide whistle, tambourine, confetti. We we did a show rather than just stand there and sing the carols mm-hmm. with these new arrangements and we suddenly became higher than Muriel Christmas carolers are like incredible. So I added staff and then we at at, at the most we had like 
uh, five or six quartets that we send out. And then how the branches happened was I... I decided I wanted to be King Christmas. So I, I went around the Bay Area and looked at pinpoint cities. So I opened a branch in Santa Rosa, a branch in Sacramento, Stockton, uh, Vallejo, Livermore, uh, what else, San Jose, and Monterey. So we had this huge group of carolers uh, that all did the routines. I would go to each branch and workshop with them to make sure that they knew how the carols were to be sung mm-hmm. and also how the staging uh, happen and how to use the sleigh bells and the fingers and so forth. So each group knew exactly how it went. Mm-hmm. So there was no problem in, in having the consistency of the quality there. Okay. And so how do you make sure that everyone's always going to be and singing? Spy. You, spy, you spy on them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and what happens if someone deviates? Well, I... They're never heard from again. Oh, oh. I, the funny thing oh, is, I was, I was listening to a, to a group in, um, in this city, in San Francisco, and they didn't know I was there because I was hiding behind a post. We, we were, they were singing outdoors. Mm-hmm. This was at Lakeshore Plaza, I think. And, and I was like maybe 20 feet away behind a post or something, and I just listened. And one of the arrangements ended in a way that I didn't write. So after their, their, their set concluded, I walked up to the leader, the tenor, and I said, I don't remember adding that at the end, and they all went. Oh. <laughs> but it was, it was in, in good fun, so it wasn't a major catastrophe. So I, you didn't mind then. Really. I know. I mean, you, you cut slack. Yeah. The thing is, when the carolers are out there, they're going to have fun. Yeah. And if they're going to do something spontaneous, hey, you you're you're there to perform for the for the audience, right. Not for yourself. And if you're having fun, the more fun you're having, the more fun your audience is going to have. Uh-huh. So that's that's the concept of what, what MOCC is. We're having fun. You should have fun, too. Maybe you want to sing along, but don't, because your arrangements are kind of wild. Mm-hmm. If we want you to sing along, we'll have a song that you can sing along, and we'll do a standard arrangement like Jingle Bells at Deck the Hall. Otherwise, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. So, Tim, you sent me this rather sweet original song that you composed with Kelly Houston or Houston? Yes, I, Kenny, Hust- Kelly, Kelly Houston, Houston is the vocalist I've worked with for many years and I wrote the song. Yeah, okay. Well, it's called All I Want Is Another Christmas With You um, and I thought yeah. we could hear it in a moment. Can you tell me what the inspiration was for this song, please? Uh, yes, I can. It was written for a very good friend of mine who um, actually didn't make it to the next Christmas. Oh. So. Okay. But he got to hear it. Fantastic. Well, let's <laughs> let's hear it now. Here's all I want for Christmas is another Christmas with you. Some kids get all the toys they put on Santa's list. Well, I told that jolly cat There's one thing can't be missed You see, all I really want for Christmas Is another Christmas with you And all I really want for Christmas Is another Christmas with you Sweet! Thank That's you. really sweet. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's lovely. I'm Chloe Veltman, and this is Voicebox, Public Radio's weekly series about the human voice. Voicebox is available as a free weekly podcast on iTunes and at voicebox-media.org. 
Tonight we're chatting about Christmas songs with jazz pianist Tim Lewis and founder of the Merry Old Christmas Carolers, Ken Malicelli. We just heard an original Christmas song for solo voice and piano composed by Tim Lewis and sung by Kelly Houston, All I Want Is Another Christmas With You. Tim, you've described yourself as a Christmas nut and and your friends would probably agree in part because you've made a habit of creating these jazz-themed advent calendars of which I've uh, just became the lucky lucky (laughs) recipient of of one very very yes, well, that, my that came from deep archives so. it's so wonderful you know I've never had an advent calendar before in my life so this is my really? very first one I know poor oh. deprived child that I am and Billie Holiday it's a great one to have yeah it's wonderful it's really beautiful yeah. I'm going to treasure it she's, always she's one of my all-time heroes yeah and know. she makes a very pretty uh, face on an advent calendar too i might yeah. i might add and you also have been making compilations of christmas songs for your friends for years as, yes. as you've told me so can you tell us please why you're so fanatical about christmas in general and holiday songs in particular well you know it, it's interesting because holiday music um it has a short shelf life you know basically november to December 25th is is that but you find that there's so much out there and and so much that people want to listen to and what I've sought out in in the compilations I made is um, well as Ken was speaking about arrangements is is to give different arrangements for instance uh, White Christmas done as a mambo (laughs) or uh, (laughs) no it's true (laughs) guy named Joe Loco did it. Uh, and for myself, when I play Christmas songs, you know, I do the Linus and Lucy and mm-hmm. that stuff. But for instance, uh, say, take a song like Silent Night, mm-hmm. I turn it into a jazz waltz, mm-hmm. which is very pretty. And you don't even have to be any kind of religious to enjoy it, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. yeah. But so, but why? Why do you do this? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I'll have to go to a psychiatrist to figure that one out. <laughs> okay, then. We'll leave it at that. So your song, song, Tim, isn't a carol, whereas God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, which we heard a little earlier in a version by Ken, is very definitely a carol. Mm-hmm. What makes one song a carol and, and the other song not a carol? In other words, can you perhaps define for us the term Christmas carol? Well, I think it's structure, wouldn't you say, Ken? Sure. Yeah. For me, it's it's the old the old tunes out of the Christmas and Songbook and the Oxford Book of Carols are the traditional carols. Mm-hmm. The newer stuff from what maybe nineteen twenty on, mm-hmm. those are those are more contemporary. So to me, they're just songs, not carols. What is there? Well, a- uh, yeah, it's pop music. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. That started in the early nineteen hundreds. Yeah. Okay. Well, what about the religious aspect of this? I mean, I, I've heard some definitions of carol carol as being. Well, a carol is something that's a religious, generally Christian song. Well, I mean, a, a song like Ave Maria is not considered a Christmas carol, neither is it considered a Christmas song. It's a, it's a spiritual sort of... Yes, it's a sacred think? song. Yeah, yes. sacred song. Anthem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, but don't all carols have to be religious, fundamentally? Oh, no. No, not at Jingle all. Jingle Bells isn't. No. Okay. Neither is Rudolph, neither is Frosty. I mean, well, but Frosty but is a Christmas song, not a carol. Carols. Correct. Yeah, I'm saying I'm trying to define Christmas Carol <laughs> versus Christmas song. Well, and I'm trying to suggest, and and maybe maybe you completely poo poo me on this. I mean, it seems to me that what distinct the main thing that distinguishes a carol really from a Christmas song, a generic Christmas song, is the religious aspect. 
I don't know. I don't. I, I, I would I have to disagree with okay. that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair sure enough. I, agree with that. I, I, I think it's as I said before. I think it's more about the the um, structure, structure of the mm-hmm. harmony and the vocal. You're listening. <laughs> <laughs> You're tuned into Voice Box. <laughs> King's Singers with an arrangement by John Rutter of one of the earliest carols ever written, There Is a Flower. It appears in a 1426 work by John Audelay, a Shropshire priest and poet who lists 25 carols of Christmas, of which this song is one. You're listening to Voice Box, chatting with me, Chloe Veltman, about Christmas carols and other holiday songs are Ken Malicelli and Tim Lewis. Ken is a carol composer and arranger and the director of the Merry Old Christmas Carolers, a nationally franchised caroling group. And Tim is a Bay Area-based jazz pianist and holiday music aficionado. For detailed playlist information, please visit voicebox-media.org, where you can also check out our scheduled podcasts and other useful information about the series. So to what do you attribute the enormous growth in popularity of Christmas carols and other holiday songs? Question for both of you. I think that's the marketing of the, of the uh, commercialist, commercial market. Like like Tim said, hey, the marketer said, let's get in on this, let's cash in on this. So mm-hmm. yeah, probably, I don't think that it went back as far as Dickens' time when when the when the uh, short story A Christmas Carol was written, but that I think that became the impetus for a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Suddenly there was this Christmas story, mm-hmm. and there was this feeling of let's all enjoy and and people capitalize on that. It, it, things started in, in the folk market and then grew. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, is that is it for the same reason that so many famous artists record Christmas albums today, or are there other reasons for that? Well, Christmas music is sort of like the comfort food mm-hmm. of Christmas. You know, you have the tree, you have the uh, Ella Fitzgerald or whoever, you know, mm-hmm. singing Christmas songs. And I think the popularity of the artist and then mixed with the Christmas g- gives a real feeling of comfort to mm-hmm. people. You're tuned into Voice Box. I'm Chloe Veltman. With me in the studio for a discussion about Christmas songs are Ken Malicelli and Tim Lewis. The song we just heard, Everyone Knows, White Christmas. This version was sung by Dean Martin, and the song was written by Irving Berlin. Berlin, of course, was Jewish. Apparently, Jews and other non-Christians are responsible for a surprisingly high number of Christmas songs. What's that all about, Tim and Ken? Yes, besides Irving Berlin, of course, the iconic White Christmas, uh, 
Well, here's the short list of songs that were composed by Jewish people. Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, Sleigh Ride, Santa's Coming to Town, Let It Snow, Jingle Bell Rock, Little Drummer Boy, Most Wonderful Time of the Year, Silver Bells, I'll Be Home for Christmas, Frosty the Snowman. They were composed by the... Let It Snow. By which composers? Uh, Various. uh, Sammy Kahn, Julie Stein Mm -hmm. did a lot of... uh, Mm -hmm. They did Let It Snow. Uh, Mel Torme? Well, uh, yes. He wrote uh, with uh, Robert Wells, did the lyrics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Christmas song. The Christmas song. Iconic. Yeah. And then, you know, the reverse of this, Tim, you dug up, dug up this extraordinary recording of a Hanukkah song written and performed by Woody Guthrie. What, what, what was the Dust Bowl balladeer doing writing Hanukkah songs? I was looking at how many Jewish people wrote Christmas songs, and then I was like, how many Gentiles wrote a Hanukkah song? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and Woody, Woody Guthrie is. Well, but you, you know he was, he was married to a Jew. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. So I think he was, for these songs, uh, he was inspired by his mother-in-law, uh, who was a uh-huh. Yiddish poet, Eliza Greenblatt. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So let's uh-huh. listen now to, Ken, to your version of, of My Dreidel, performed by the Merry Old Christmas Carolers. O-okey and we'll dokey. follow that up by uh, Woody Guthrie with Hanukkah Dance. I have a little dreidel, I made it out of clay. And when it's dry and ready, then dreidel I shall play. Oh, dreidel, 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 I made it out of clay. Oh, dreidel, 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 now dreidel I shall play. It has a lovely body, with legs so short and thin. And when it is all tired, it drops and then I win. Oh, dreidel, 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 with legs so short and thin. Oh, dreidel, 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 it drops and then I win. Tip tap toe, happy Hanukkah, around you go. My little latke on your toes, happy Hanukkah, and around and around you go. Clap your hands, happy Hanukkah, clap, clap hands. My little strudler on your toes, happy Hanukkah, and around and around you go. Jump real high, happy Hanukkah, jump, jump high. My little fruitcake on your toes, happy Hanukkah, and around and around you go. You're tuned into Voicebox with me, Chloe Veltman. Don't forget you can access our free podcasts, playlists and all kinds of other info about our series at voicebox-media.org. That was the Merry Old Christmas Carolers with a version of the Jewish Hanukkah song My Dreidel and Woody Guthrie with Hanukkah Dance. The arranger of the first song we heard was one of my guests for tonight's show, Ken Malicelli. Also joining me tonight is jazz pianist and Christmas music expert Tim Lewis. Ken, you've arranged lots of Christmas songs in your life. What, in your opinion, makes a good arrangement of a Christmas song? For me, it's being true to the original intent of the song, Mm -hmm. maintaining the melody so people can still tell what it is, Mm -hmm. but putting my own spin on it, Mm -hmm. uh, like doing the the God Rest You as a a Irish jig, Mm -hmm. um, or finding tunes that that will fit the format of MOCC. Like, I found a song called The Holiday Polka, Mm -hmm. which is an incredible song. Uh, we never hear of it, but I thought this is perfect fodder for MOCC because mm-hmm. it uses I put kazoos and tambourine in it, mm-hmm. and various parts gets get solos. Um, but I take the song 
as it's as it stands, like the jingle bells, mm-hmm. uh, the original jingle bells of of James Pierpont, and I take that and I arrange it in such a way that it's still what it is, but then again, what it isn't. Mm-hmm. I just add harmonies and, and change rhythms and add patterns to it. Why is the uh, aspect of familiarity so important? I'm sorry. Why is the aspect of familiarity so important? Oh, so the audience can relate to the carol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's part of going, getting back to the thing about tradition. We can still relate to the song, mm-hmm. but this is a new version of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ken, is there anything you want to add about arranging carols? Well, yeah. It's. I mean, that's jazz. Uh, the thing is, you you give the people a familiar melody, which is always good. Uh, Coleman Hawkins said that. Uh, you needed to learn all the words of the song that you would play as an instrumentalist mm-hmm. because you need to hear that that written word. Right. Uh, but that is what I try and do with all my Christmas arrangements is to give them the familiar but then do it in a totally unexpected way. Exactly. For instance, Silent Night is a jazz waltz. Oh, or, wow. Uh, uh, you know, White Christmas is a mambo or various, yeah, various things. And... But you have to give them the familiar, and then you go off from that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. Exactly right. Well, I'd like to take a listen now to some arrangements of traditional carols that take interesting liberties with rhythm and harmony while still maintaining a strong sense of the identity of the song. First, we'll hear the a cappella group Take Six with a harmonically adventurous mashup of We Wish You a Merry Christmas and Carol of the Bells. And then we'll hear an arrangement by James McKelvey in zany 7-8 time of Deck the Halls, performed by the Oriana Women's Choir. Finally, a harmonically spooky take on Silent Night by David Conti, sung by San Francisco choral artists. We wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Good tidings we bring to you and your kin, good tidings for Christmas and a Happy New Year. Oh, bring us a biggie pudding, oh, bring us a biggie pudding, oh, bring us a biggie pudding and a cup of good cheer. Good tidings we bring to you and your kin. Good tidings for Christmas and a happy
I'm Chloe Veltman and this is Voicebox. Tonight I'm here with musicians and Christmas music experts Tim Lewis and Ken Malicelli and we're discussing holiday songs. We just heard a trio of traditional carols arranged with a harmonic or rhythmic twist. The first track was the a cappella group Take Six with a mashup of We Wish You a Merry Christmas and Carol of the Bells. And then we heard an arrangement by James McKelvey in zany 7-8 time of Deck the Halls performed by the Oriana Women's Choir. Finally, a harmonically spooky take on Silent Night by David Conti, sung by the San Francisco choral artists. I want to move on now to discuss the singing of carols and other Christmas songs. One of the things I like best about the holiday season is that it has traditionally been a time when all kinds of people, even those who don't regard themselves as good singers, forget their usual scruples and belt out away in a manger and hark the herald with <laughs> abandon. <laughs> Concert halls are packed with ordinary citizens performing the Alleluia Chorus in sing-along Messiah performances and people still congregate in town squares and go door to door singing carols as if it were a completely normal part of everyday life. And I wish this kind of thing would happen more often. Oh yeah, does, in fact. It just yesterday I was in a restaurant having lunch and a group of people came in with the guitars and they said, We're here to entertain you and they started singing and they were not really great singers, but they were having a wonderful time, great energy, total spontaneity. They didn't ask for donation, they came in, they sang and they left. That's I think that's great. Were they singing holiday songs? Yes. Well, that's I, what I, I'm talking I, about. I, I, Rudolph, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. It's this time of year that happens, but it doesn't happen at other times of the year. Oh, yeah. Why does the holiday season inspire people who wouldn't normally be caught dead singing in public? Well, it's it's like Ken said, Christmas has the dearth of music. I mean, who gets around and sings Happy Fourth of July? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, I play at this lovely uh, dive bar on Haight Street every Christmas. Mm -hmm. Which one's that? Tracks. Mm -hmm, I know it. Yes. And... uh, and every year, about two and a half, three hours in, we get singers, yeah. quotes, <laughs> karaoke. <Yeah>. And, uh, <laughs> you know, at that point, they're, they're quite tipsy, but they, they love it. The crowd uh-huh. loves it. Yeah. And uh, I'm strict with them. Uh-huh. You know, you they, keep them in line. They have to have a modicum of rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> Not like Darlene Edwards. Oh, no. do, you, do you think that the, the, uh, the sort of the, the, the Christmas, uh, the added impulse to sing comes also from the amount of drinking that happens at Christmas time. Is that the people looser because they're drinking? Is that helping matters, do you think, or hindering I, I think it's wassailing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can't agree with that. I think people just like to sing carols. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What could we do in our society to make, in a sense, that spirit be not just a Christmas thing? I mean, I'd love it if people would go around singing more in general and not having not being so inhibited what how can we how can we infuse that christmas feeling all year round it would need to be an annual tradition of any time any any time of the year it would yeah it would need to be that it's called karaoke (laughs) (laughs) and it's not very pretty (laughs) okay well enough of my idealism <laughs> All right, so professional artists are never busier in the year than they are at Christmas time. What do you like best about the Christmas season, Ken and Tim, as professionals in this field? The hourly rate. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> are you guys paid better at Christmas time than you oh, are yes, at other times yes, of the year? Yes, oh, sure. the rates go up yeah. over the holidays. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Even during 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 the caroling season, the rates change from week to week. Yes. The closer you get to Christmas Eve, the higher the rates are. Oh, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're called prime rates. Uh huh. Is yeah. it possible to do what you do only at this time of year, and then take? Could you take time off? Do you make enough money over this time of year? No. 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 I'm a graphic artist and a jazz piano player, yeah. so I rely on both. 
during the holidays, the graphics slows down to uh -huh. the beginning of the year, and that's when the piano increases. Yeah. And yeah. I used to play, uh, for three years, I played every uh, week at the Cafe Tria, so mm -hmm. sadly it closed. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, going back to what you're saying about people who sing, mm. I always invited people who wanted to get up and sing, and some mm -hmm. were good, some weren't. Uh, so that camaraderie, that that spirit mm -hmm. you were talking about, it does exist. Mm -hmm. you know? hmm. Okay. Well, Ken, the people who sing in the Merry Old Christmas Carolers are you know, almost the opposite end of, spec of the spectrum. They're highly trained, professional yep. singers. How do you go about selecting the people you work with, and, and what do you look for in the ideal caroler? We, we audition singers. Uh, we advertise on various sites, and we look for singers who are true musicians because these arrangements are not easy. And singers with good intonation, who know how to blend well, who know how to sing solo when their solo parts come out, and who know how to shine and be active and energetic and youthful. That's the whole image of the mm. MOCC singer. Young, active, enthusiastic, cheerful, great singer, good blender. Um, that's how we, how, we, how we cast the shows. They're not shows. That's how we select our carolers. <laughs> Okay, and there's four in each group, correct? There's a soprano, alto, tenor, and bass. It's called a solo a cappella quartet. Mm -hmm. And there, there have been occasions where we'll send out two quartets at the same time to the same gig to bolster the sound. Mm -hmm. So it's more like a chorus rather mm -hmm. than a solo quartet. I see. But it's always, almost always a solo quartet. And typically, the singers that you're engaging, do they have classical training? Are oh, they yeah. more for the oh, music they theater have to. world? They or? have to be classically trained singers, yeah. Some are, some are come from opera chorus. Some have performed in musical theater companies. They have good backgrounds, and we check on, on, on all that. I see. Yeah. All right. Well, Tim, you have some strong opinions about performances of particular carols, and I thought we could listen to a few of your favorites and hear why you like them so much. Oh, um, the first track we'll hear is I Bought You a Plastic Star for Your <laughs> Aluminum Tree by Michael <laughs> Franks. What's so special about Frank's performance of this song, which we'll hear in a moment? Well... It's a kind of Christmas song that's ironic. Mm -hmm. As so you many know, of them are. Uh, you know, the thing is with Christmas, there's this huge expectation, this huge buildup, and quite often it never really matches the expectations. Sure. And so this song kind of gives a funny take on it. Mm -hmm. And yet the spirit of it, the heart of it, is great. Yeah. He, he he bought a star for her aluminum Christmas tree. How uh -huh. sweet is that? It's sweet, but also there's a sweetness to his voice. Can you talk a little bit about the performance? Oh well, I I love his I love his voice, and uh, he's he's done some great jazz stuff. Uh, uh, well, you can't really even pigeonhole him into jazz. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's one of those artists that covers a, a broad area. Mm -hmm. You know, you might say pop, you yeah. might say rock. Yeah. I'd say jazz. Yeah, what strikes me about him, though, is just the sort of the lightness of his tenor. It's, it's, oh, it's very beautiful. sincere, very beautiful. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. quite high and gentle and, mm -hmm. and lovely. Well, the second track we'll listen to is Lead Belly uh, with this song <laughs> oh. Christmas is a Coming, which yeah. I love. Can you tell me about Lead Belly's voice and why you like his performance of this song so much? Well, you know, and that's, I mean, there's so many genres. You get into, like, the Delta Blues yeah. and Christmas. There is, again, it's... Um, it's a grittiness. It's a, 
earthiness. Earthiness, it's an endurance because things may not be going so well, but you're still going to sing a Christmas song, but Mm -hmm. you're going to infuse it with the blues. Right. Like like Howlin' Wolf. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah, it's a really, it's a completely opposite end of the spectrum from uh, Michael Franks in a sense. Very earthy. And then we've got this third song, um, this performance from 1989 by Odetta singing Mm. the Christmas spiritual Go Tell It on the Mountain. Talk to us about that song. Well, I, I, I can't go through a Christmas without listening to Odetta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, she's a classically trained opera singer. Really? She started her career, wow. yeah, as an opera singer. She, um, you know, she's one of those people, you might know Josh White, mm-hmm. uh, that just, uh, or Paul Robeson. There is just such integrity and and strength in their voice that, I mean, once you hear them sing, you know that it's that person, mm-hmm. you know? It gets pretty cold here at night, down to 60 degrees. There's angel hair up in the palm trees. It sure looks like Christmas to me. Santa's been grounded, his reindeer came down with TB So I bought you a plastic star for your aluminum tree Christmas is a-coming and it's a-jumping Christmas is a-coming and it's a-jumping Christmas is a-coming and it's a-jumping Boy, it won't be long Crows at midnight on a Christmas day. Rooster crows at midnight on a Christmas day. Children get so happy on a Christmas day. Children get so happy on a Christmas day. Santa Claus coming and he's coming. Santa Claus coming and he's coming. Santa Claus coming and he's coming. Boy, it won't be I'm Chloe Veltman and this is Voice Box. Three great performances of holiday songs. The first was Michael Franks with I Bought You a Plastic Star for Your Aluminum Tree. The second was Christmas Is a Coming by Lead Belly. And the third was Odetta's version of Go Tell It on the Mountain. Don't forget that detailed playlist information about the tracks you're hearing tonight can be found at voicebox-media.org along with all kinds of other useful information about our series. My guests for this evening's special programme about holiday songs are Ken Malicelli, a carol composer and arranger and the director of the Merry Old Christmas Carolers, a nationally franchised caroling group, and Tim Lewis, a Bay Area-based jazz pianist, composer and startling authority on Christmas songs. Now, we've listened to a few songs that really hit the mark, but not all Christmas songs are so successful. Tim, what are some of the typical pitfalls that interpreters of Christmas songs can fall into? I would say redundancy. And no lack of 
originality. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I know, Tim, you have a particularly strong reaction that's not altogether positive to a version of The Little Drummer Boy performed as a duet by Bing Crosby and David Bowie of all weird combinations. <laughs> what drives you nuts about this song? Well, you know, we're often fascinated by train wrecks. We, just, <laughs> we, we can't look away. And, you know, it's it's fascinating and beautiful and really weird. It's like a really bad Thanksgiving with your family. <laughs> <laughs> Let's listen now. And they told me bum a newborn king to see Pa-rum-pa-pum-pum Our finest gifts we bring Pa-rum-pa-pum-pum Rum-pa-pum-pum Rum-pa-pum-pum Here on Voicebox with me, Chloe Veltman, and guests Ken Malicelli and Tim Lewis. We just listened to a slightly ill-advised recording of The Little Drummer Boy performed by Bing Crosby and David Bowie. It's funny how Christmas music so often treads a fine line between terribleness and kitsch brilliance. I can't resist playing a couple more songs that fit into this category. Here's Barbara Streisand with her version of Jingle Bells, followed by Bob Dylan's O Little Town of Bethlehem. Jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. We're dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. All the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtail ring, making spirits bright. Oh, what fun it is to sing a sleighing song tonight. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. A day or two. Hilariously bad. Oh. Yeah, I know. It's like Aretha singing Nishun Dorma. Oh, my God. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Barbara Streisand and Bob Dylan spreading some perhaps not altogether well thought out Christmas cheer with their <laughs> versions of, respectively, Jingle Bells and O Little Town of Bethlehem. I was wondering, guys, um, so... How, when you think about these tracks, I mean, they, I don't think the artist intended them to be ironic somehow, but they, they, they ha- they're in contrast to the sort of way that CeeLo uh, did this kitsch thing that we heard at the start of the program. Um, it seems like irony has become a big factor in the Christmas music uh, of recent times. Um, do you think this is a problem? Or do you like the fact that there's this sort of whole ironic kitsch thing has crept in? There's a whole thing about irony that's crept into the uh, it, the, the zeitgeist consciousness in the last 10 years, and it's gotten really ugly. I hate it. 
Mm-hmm. I really hate it. And you stay clear of it with a merry old Christmas carolers? Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Huh. It doesn't it doesn't it has no point in Christmas. It doesn't belong to Christmas. Huh. What do you think, Tim? Well, the Michael Franks track is a perfect example of the irony of, mm-hmm. you know, I bought you a star for your aluminum tree. Yeah. Um and I kind of appreciate the irony because uh-huh. as I mentioned before, you know, people put so much they invest so much of their heart and soul and expectations and uh doesn't always work out like that uh-huh. so i think it's good to have an ironic christmas song every once in a while to let you step back uh, this is this is my constant saying christmas like water seeks its own level mhm and you know people go out on a limb to do all sorts of things. They get themselves in debt. Uh, so it's good to have a little ironical step back with some of those kind of tunes. Okay. Well, we're just about coming up on the end of our hour here on Voicebox. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, there, there are just so much more that we could talk about. But um, sadly, our time is up. So um, I'd like to thank you both very, very much for coming into the studio. Um, before you go, can you tell our listeners where they can go online to find out more about you? Ken. Uh, T-M-O-C-C dot com. It stands for the Merry Old Christmas Carolers. There are the phone numbers for the, the branch offices, and there are samples of the arrangements and some quotes and so forth. T-M-O-C-C dot com. Fabulous. Tim. Uh, you can go to Facebook and look up Tim Lewis Design and Jazz. And to hear my songs, you can go to ReverbNation.com, Tim Lewis Jazz Piano. Fabulous. Well, thank you very much and a very good night to you both. It's been such a pleasure chatting with Have you. Have had a ball. I'd love to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very Thanks much. Thanks a lot. Voicebox is an independently produced non-profit project recorded at the studios of KALW in San Francisco. The series producer is Seth Samuel and the web editor is Victoria Lim. Please support Voicebox. You can make an easy and safe donation this holiday season by visiting voicebox-media.org or you can mail us a cheque. We're a non-profit project so all donations made to us are tax deductible. Find out more and send us your questions and comments via our website voicebox-media.org and don't forget you can also connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. And if you're looking for me on Twitter, my handle name is at Chloe Veltman. So while artists like Barbara Streisand and Bob Dylan probably didn't mean to be kitsch and ironic with their Christmas music, Monty Python goes all out on this front. I'd like to play us out with one of my personal favourite holiday songs. Here's the Pythons with Christmas in Heaven. Have a songful week and a safe and happy holiday season. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's truly a real honorable experience to be here this evening. A very wonderful and warm and emotional moment for all of us. And I'd like to sing a song for all of you. It's Christmas in heaven. All the children sing. It's Christmas in heaven.